had the opportunity to preach three, four, and five times, those that wanted to, to lead singing in area congregations. We have had 12, 10 to 12 congregations that have allowed us to come and, and conduct their worship services. They have done so with sincerity and with a loving heart and have done a wonderful job. On some Sundays, they would meet here at 4.30 in the afternoon to make a, a 60 or 70 mile drive to get there before church started at where they were going. And as they have gone across the Brotherhood, they have served this congregation well, and you will be proud of them. Tonight, you're going to hear from the seniors, but there are also juniors and sophomores and freshmen that are doing the same thing. And maybe in the not-too-distant future, you'll be able to hear from them as well. But before I turn uh, the evening over to Michael Knasser, who is going to make our opening announcements, and he's going to make the introduction of those that will be participating in the service tonight. There's one last thing I'd like to say. None of these young men just decided last week to say, oh, I think I'll stand up before 650 people and make announcements on Sunday night. It doesn't work that way. And there was no light bulb that went off or no snapping of the finger that caused any of them to say just last week, oh, I think I'll prepare a sermon and preach. Sunday night's good for me. It doesn't happen that way. It's a process. It's a journey. It's a process and journey that, that starts first at home and then is supported by the programs of a loving and caring congregation. Ten years ago, most of these young men were attending the Young Soldiers for Christ meetings on Sunday afternoon. Their counterparts, the young ladies serving Christ, were doing the very same thing. So what you're going to witness tonight is the, the fruition of an eldership's dream is that someday the little boys of our congregation would be the young men of our congregation who are living faithful Christian lives, willing and able to serve the congregation in every public avenue there. And that's what you're going to be able to hear tonight. And with that being said, Michael, if you will come and make our announcements and introduce those who will be participating in our service. Good evening. Um, we'd like to welcome all of our visitors. Um, just letting y'all know that y'all are a special guest tonight. And uh, don't forget to fill out a blue attendance card uh, for visitors and white are for members. Uh, and um, the, also the new name tag system. Don't forget that. And um, In our announcements, our sympathy is extended to Todd uh, Bachelor on the death of his grandmother, Maggie and Arthur. Her funeral was last Monday. Jan Mitchell and Heather Walker on the death of their mother and grandmother. Irene Dixon, her funeral was yesterday. Adam Davison on the death of his grandmother, Frances Young. Uh, not to be mistaken for a former member here, but her funeral is, or her funeral was yesterday. Additional sick, uh, Opal uh, Ebist, a mother of Sandra Humphreys, was taken to Summit Hospital for an apparent heart attack and other complications. Please no visits at this time. Uh, tonight, the Lord's Supper will be in room 208. And um, also, after services, uh, fourth and through fifth grade Debo uh, is tonight. Uh, calling and caring will meet in room 208 after services tonight. 
And since today is Senior Recognition Day, uh, don't forget to stop by and check the display tables out in the foyer. Events coming up this week, uh, summer camp meeting for those helping with this year's camp has been changed to this Wednesday following services after three oh uh, following services in room three oh eight. Uh, near future events, stateside mission trip prep class begins Wednesday, May twenty eighth, and a reminder that the Rachel Hill Jamie Miller wedding will be here at the building at three o'clock on May thirty first. Bible class promotion day is June first. Parents of third graders and younger will meet in Fellowship Hall for a combined class that uh, that day, and all their adults will meet in the auditorium for Bible class. Summer Faith series starts June fourth. Flyers will be listing flyers with a listing of this year's speakers and topics are in the foyer. So be sure to check that out. And lastly, uh, men's prayer breakfast is on June 7th uh, with a skeet and trap shooting will follow. And an older, the worship is as follows for tonight. Uh, Matt Collins will lead us in uh, singing tonight. Ben Cole's opening prayer. Brandon Ogden uh, with our first scripture reading. Timothy Thompson with the first sermon. Brad Rose with our second scripture reading. And Colton Shannon with our second sermon. And to conclude it, Drew Marl with our closing prayer. Good evening. I'd like to go ahead and thank the elders for allowing us to um, lead worship tonight. Um, our opening song will be Lord Reigning to Me. Uh, it's new. Andrew's been teaching it to us on Sunday nights. Uh, Lord Reigning to Me. Over all the earth you reign on high, every mountain stream, every sunset sky, but my one request for my only Seven seventy eight. Seven seventy eight. Be with me, Lord. We'll sing uh, all four verses. Be
Let's bow. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given to us and all the many blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for letting us come to this church tonight to assemble and to worship your name. Be with us tonight as we go through this service and help us to do it in a, a manner that is according to your word. And Dear Lord, tonight I just want to thank you for all the seniors. Pray that you be with us all as we, we venture out into to college and, or work the work field or the military, wherever it may be. I pray that you always be with us and always lead us with your guiding hand. Dear Lord, we, uh, we thank you for the leadership that you give us here at Mount Juliet to, to lead us in the right direction, the eldership and the deacons. And we thank you for the example that they set for us every day. Lord, most of all, as seniors, we thank you so much for our parents and the examples that they are to us, to lead us and to your word and to teach us to do the right thing. Dear Lord, most of all, we thank you for your son, Jesus, and the sacrifice that he made to come to this earth, to down that cross at Calvary, for the remission of our sins, and we thank you so much for that ultimate sacrifice. Be with us now as we go through this rest of this service and through the rest of this week and uh, help us to always follow you. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Number 15. 15, step by step. Oh God, you are my reading the message tonight will be number 396. 396. There's not a friend.
The scripture reading tonight will come from Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. That's Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, and that can be found on page 216 in your pew Bibles. Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the God in which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day who you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Good evening. My name is Timothy Thompson, and I've been a member of Mount Juliet Church of Christ here for my whole life. I worshiped here in our old auditorium when Steve Hill was our preacher. I can still see the infamous green carpet that covered the floor, the tree that used to be out front that all the kids used to climb. I remember John Parker filling in as our preacher while we were looking for one. I remember David's first Sunday here at Mount Juliet. I finally remember being baptized right here in this pool behind me. All the summer camps, the retreats, service projects, and mission trips that I've been a part of here. I look back and see all the opportunities that I've had to serve, to read scripture, to pray, to serve the Lord's Supper, to speak here as well as other congregations. Now today will also provide a memory. So I would like to thank the elders here, past and present, for providing me with all of these opportunities. If you haven't already, please turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 24. We will be looking uh, at the speech there that Joshua gives. He gives this to the children of Israel right before he dies. These are some of his last words to the people of Israel. So he probably saw the things that he said as very important. If you would, please follow along with me again in verses 14 and 15. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt. And serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose you this day who you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers that they served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is the true conviction that we as Christians should have, all of us. We should all learn from this. We need to serve the Lord no matter what everybody else around us does. Whether we feel like we're the only ones trying to serve God or we feel like we've been wronged by one of our brothers or sisters in Christ, we have to keep serving God no matter what happens. We can't become discouraged for any reason. Some people get discouraged by their Christian brother or sister who is not living the life that they should. They feel like if their brother or sister isn't living like they should, why should they? But I heard a quote one time 
that will really make you think about this. It was something like, if you let anyone get in between your relationship with you and God, who is closer to God? Just something to think about. We should always follow Joshua's example here. He did not care that the nation of Israel was not serving God, as they should. He just knew that he was going to serve God no matter what, period. We don't need to worry about everyone else and what they do. We can't control their lives for them. But we can and should be an example to the others around us, just as Joshua did here, so that we might influence them to turn towards God and repent. Now let us consider Paul. Look at his actions before he was blinded on the road to Damascus. His actions were violent, and he showed hatred towards Christians. He also zealously persecuted the church. Let us quickly read uh, in Acts at the end of chapter 7 and at the beginning of chapter 8. Keep in mind, at this point, Paul's name had not yet been changed from Saul. We'll read verses, uh, chapter 7, verse 58, through chapter 8, verse 3. They cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then falling on his knees, he cried with a loud voice, with a loud voice, Lord, do not, do not hold the sin against them. And then when he, had, when he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul approved of his execution. And they arose that day And there became great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were scattered throughout the synagogues of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and emerging and entering the house again He dragged out all men and women and committed them to prison. Now, where do we see Paul in this story? Is he out preaching Christ? No, certainly not. Not even close. Here he was standing nearby at the stoning of Stephen, where he was watching over the garments and the clothes of the people who were stoning him. And he approved of the stoning. We also see that he began to ravage the church. But after Jesus confronted him on the road to Damascus, he literally made a complete 180 degree turn. It would have been so hard for him to make the change that he did in his life. It was a complete revamping of his lifestyle. He went from being adamant about persecuting the church to being a very active apostle in the life of the early church. 
One of the hardest parts, if not the hardest part, about Paul's conversion was that he would have to admit that he had been wrong. Now, I'm not going to embarrass anyone here by asking for a show of hands, but how many of us have been very persistent in arguing about something being one way and it turned out you were wrong? I know I have. Now, how much harder would it have been for Paul to go around admitting that he had been wrong and that this Jesus whose followers he had been persecuting was really the Lord and Savior? I have a feeling that it would be much tougher to admit that than to admit whatever we have been stubborn about. I believe one thing, that this is one thing that we all struggle with. Admitting we were wrong. We don't want anyone to know that we've messed up or that we were wrong about something. But that is completely against what the Bible teaches. Please turn with me to, real quick, to James chapter 5. We'll read verse 16 just real quick. James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous righteous person has great power in its working. This verse shows us that whenever we mess up, we need to get over our pride and admit that we're wrong and lean on the brethren for support as we pray for one another. That is what we need to do for one another. It is obviously commanded here, so why don't we do it? Our pride gets in the way, and we want everyone around us to think that everything's going good for us, even though that's actually far from the truth. For example, someone says to you, hey, how are you? And our almost immediate reply is, I'm good. When we really have something that is weighing heavily on our hearts, this is just one easy way for Satan to make us weak. We keep all of our our struggles inside And we don't lean on our Christian family for support as we should. And it really weakens us. If you would, please turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Yeah, that's 2 Corinthians 11. Here, Paul even got to see the other side of persecuting Christians, as he himself was afflicted with many things that he put on others. We see a list of some of the trials that Paul went through here in verses 24 through 28. Five times I received that. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day, I was adrift sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, from danger from robbers, danger from my own people, 
danger from Gentiles, danger from in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and in hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and in thirst, and often without food, in cold exposure, and apart from other things, there is this daily pressure on me for the anxiety of all the churches. Here we see that Paul even suffered for the cause of Christ. He definitely received his share of karma for what he dished out to the early first century church. We should look at the things that Paul had to suffer and rejoice and be thankful because none of us have had to suffer like he did. Jesus also suffered more than any of us. When we look at his life, we see that how much he gave up for us. We rarely consider what all he had to give up to come here to this wretched earth, to be rejected, spat upon, and brutally executed, just so that we might have a chance at salvation. Jesus was already in heaven. And yet he came down to this imperfect earth for one reason. As Jesus told Zacchaeus in Luke 19.10, he came to seek and save the lost. And I'm so glad he did, because I know that there is no way that my actions are good enough for God, nor would I be righteous enough to enter heaven without Jesus' sacrifice for me. His sacrifice is one thing that we should never take for granted nor allow it to lose any significance in our lives, because without him, we have nothing. If you would, please turn to the last passage we'll read tonight. It's Hebrews chapter 12. We'll be reading verses 1 and 2. Now keep in mind that the chapter that preceded this is what we know as the Hall of Faith. It talks about all the great examples of faith. It talks about Abel offering a better sacrifice. Abraham leaving his home to be guided by God. He goes on to mention Moses and Gideon and Samson and David as well as others. He talks about what great faith all of these had in God. And that brings us up to chapter 12. Once again, that's Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Here we see Paul. He looks up to all of these men just as we do. He says that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. I feel the same way about all of the men that are here at Mount Juliet that I've been blessed with the opportunity to spend time with. I'm not going to list anyone for fear of leaving anyone out. 
But if I did, be assured that the list would be very lengthy. Continuing in verse 2. Paul looks, at, Paul looks to Jesus and calls him the founder and perfecter of our faith. Some translations would read author and finisher. This is one thing that we cannot overlook about Jesus. He finished what he set out to do. He came here to die for us, which he did on the cross. Knowing that Jesus finished what he came to do on earth, we need to consider our own lives. Have we set out on that journey yet? Even if we have, it doesn't matter if we don't finish. Colton will elaborate in a minute more on finishing. But be thinking about your own lives. And if you have started this race, are you living the way that, that you will finish? And if you haven't started this race, then why not? please bow. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day, Lord, that you've blessed us with, Lord, and all of our many blessings. Thank you for allowing us to come here tonight and worship you and learn more about your name. Thank you for that powerful message by Timothy, Lord, and pray that we're able to use that, Lord, and apply it in our everyday lives and be with Colton as he's coming up, Lord, to give us another lesson and help us to use that one as well, Lord, and be with anyone else who's coming up tonight, Lord, to lead the rest of the message tonight, Lord, and be with us always. Forgive us when we fail you. Thank you for sending your son down the cross for our sins. Amen. I'll be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 3, 14 through 17. It will be found in your pew Bibles on 1057 But you must continue in the things which you have learned and assumed of knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Good evening. It's good to be here tonight. My name is Colton Shannon. I'm a senior. I'm graduating this year. I attend the Mount Juliet Church of Christ with many other seniors that are in the youth group. And us seniors have been to school now for about 2,160 days. We have spent 12,960 hours in classes. That translates to about 777,600 minutes. Um, so far, we've all lived around 18 years. We've been around for 216 months. We've been going through the motions for about 6,552 days. Um, we've been here for 100, over 157,000 hours. We've slept for 52,500 hours, some more than most. And we've spent about 7,488 hours eating. 
mostly pizza and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh, we've been to about 1,872 Bible classes and the same amount of worship services. And we've been breathing here on this earth for about 936 weeks. But this week is not just another week. I've been living for roughly 936 weeks. This week is my last week of high school. You know, in the times that I have have spent in high school, in Bible classes, and sermons, um, there have been many things taught. I've gained much wisdom from this church, this congregation. Um, But really, what what good does it do if I don't take the things that I've learned and continue in them? The book of Timothy is interesting because it is written by an apostle, the Apostle Paul, and he is telling the young man Timothy, a young man such as myself, how to gain wisdom and how to continue living in that wisdom that you have gained. If you haven't already, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we're just going to uh, reread the first part of verse 14 and 15. But as for you, continue what, in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. From the time I was a child, I have been told what to do. And luckily, as I've grown older and hopefully more mature, I have started making some of my own decisions under the guidance of my parents. And fortunately, my parents have been guided by these same sacred scriptures mentioned in verse 15, and they have passed that information on to me. But now I understand, as I've gotten older, I understand that the holy scriptures aren't just uh, childhood teaching, aren't just something, a story, cool stories in the Bible. But now I firmly believe, I'm assured that these scriptures are truly the word of God, that I have to live by these scriptures to get to heaven. Being assured. Have you ever been positive about something? Just you knew it was true and then found out that you were completely wrong. Well, when I was a little kid, I knew I was assured, was positive that girls had cooties. <laughs> Luckily, I grew up and I found out that I was sorely mistaken. I was sure, but I was wrong. How can we be assured of the scriptures? How can we know that these scriptures will benefit our lives? How can we know that we can live by this book, the Holy Bible? Think about this. Who um, wrote the scriptures? Let's look at verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God. God breathed out the words in these pages. If you want to know what God thinks about something, if you want to know how to live by God's standards, Read this book. Second, uh, the scriptures are profitable. Verse 16 again. Um, Breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. What What does a profit mean? Profit is when you put something in and you receive something in return. So profit is gain. Most of us have had the gain, the advantage, the profit of knowing the scriptures since we were little children. But to not take that, what, we've, what we know about the scriptures, and continue in our faith as we go on to different phases in our life, it's really a disadvantage. And we should, all, we should never let that happen in our lives. Um, the, the scriptures also make an individual wise. 
Uh, look back at verse 15. And how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise. If everyone in this room left the auditorium and lived a life wholly devoted to the scriptures for a week, everyone in here uses the Bible as their only standard for living, it would definitely be a wise thing to do. And we can be assured of that because of what the scriptures say. Not only are the scriptures from, from God, but they take us back to God when we have lost the way. Um, as exciting as life is now, in my life, I'm graduating, I'm working all summer, I'm doing new stuff, going to college, new things. It's exciting. As exciting as all of our lives are, it's going to end one day. We're all going to be judged. We're all going to have to, we're all either going to be saved or be condemned. And notice that the scriptures make us wise for salvation. If we want to be saved, we have to be wise in the scriptures. If we want to live for eternity, we have to continue our faith in the scriptures. Um, As we think about continuing in the scriptures, we can never forget those from whom we have learned the scriptures from. Look at verse 14, the end of it. Knowing from whom you have learned it. Talking about the scriptures. The whom here at verse 14 is, of course, plural. So it's not just one person teaching us. It's a blessing that we have so many teachers here at the Mount Juliet Church that can, that can shape, help shape a soul, help mold someone's Christianity. We have the privilege here at Mount Juliet um, to have so many good parents as well as teachers ever since our childhood. We have learned from their examples and how they live their life and come in and live the scriptures out in front of us. Um, teachers taught us what a life looked like while following the scriptures. Many times, teachers are the ultimate example in continuing our faith in Christ. I've listed some of the teachers that I've had, a lot of the senior, um, seniors have had. I moved here at the beginning of fourth grade, so these are just pretty much one per year of how many teachers, or the teachers that we have had. Uh, Sister Pat Huddleston, Brother Nick Nance, Brother Tony Eakes, Brother Doug Perry, Brother Michael Huddleston and Brother Jerry Searcy, Brother Phil Wagner, Brother David Minton, and Brother David McIndoe. And I'm most grateful for these teachers and all the teachers that I've had over the years here at Mount Juliet. And just everyone that has taught me something that I needed to know to further my Christianity. Um, These people have taught us that the Scripture should be our authority in life. That they seek out the Scripture and come and show us what they have found in it. I think that's awesome. Um, it is hard to be convicted for, in a truth from a teacher who isn't convicted themselves. So I think that's awesome here in Mount Juliet that we have so many teachers that are convicted. And as capable as these teachers are, they cannot you know, walk beside us hand in hand through um, our different phases in life. I can't take all my teachers to college. Fried Hardeman probably wouldn't like it. Um, we have to sort of grow up. We have to take what these teachers have taught us and use it. These teachers have brought us the source, which is the scripture of God, and they have equipped it in our lives. Look at verse 17. That the man of God may be competent or complete, equipped for every good work. As we continue in our faith, we have to be complete. We have to be a complete messenger of God. We have to be equipped. I have a mowing business and I'm not the most organized person in the world. Sometimes I'll forget something and have to go back home and get it. It's hard to finish a yard without a weed eater. And 
the only alternative I see is a pair of scissors, and that's not effective. Um, we have to be equipped. We are not equipped or ready to live the Christian walk until we know and read the Scriptures daily. We have to know the sacred Scriptures enough to, to be an equipped messenger of God. And let's look at verse 17 again. Equipped for every good work. This every good work is having a proactive faith. As, I, as, as we go to college, the seniors, or wherever we're going to work, um, to the military, we, have, we can't allow people to just come and tell us what to do for our spiritual life. We have to be proactive. We have to go out and find things to do. We can't just say, hey, will you get me up for church in the morning? We have to go set our alarm, get up for church. We have to go find good works to do for God. We can't just let people come and tell us what to do. We have to have a proactive faith. We have to be equipped for every good work. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. I am reminded of your sincere faith, talking about Timothy, of course, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Paul first says, Timothy, I know you are equipped. You have the scriptures uh, from your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. They have made you equipped with the scriptures. You know them. But now you need to go out and do good works. Two things we need to notice from verses 6 and 7. He says, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. We can never, we always have to be stirring ourselves up as Christians, always challenging ourselves to make sure that our spiritual life is where it needs to be. We have to fan our flame, and of course, we can't, we can't rely on other people to do that. We have to do it ourselves most of the time. And also, the second thing is for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self control. We have the power. We can never be afraid of what the result might be if we go and do good works. We can never be afraid of what people might think of us or what situation we might get in. We have to trust God fully. We have the power in our hands, and we can do what, what God wants us to do with it. Um, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. This is another way of Paul saying continue in the faith. We have to always be steadfast, immovable. We have to continue in the faith through different phases, through different transitions in, in our life. Why should we remain steadfast? If when I move away or whatever, who's going to know? Who cares? Why should we remain steadfast? Um, God says that our labor, look back, at verse, look back at verse 15, it says, Knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Our labor is not in vain. Um, if we continue in the faith here on earth, 
we will have a mansion in heaven. If we stay faithful on earth through all the, all the phases in our life, we will have a mansion in heaven. Think of what God can do with just around a dozen graduates here. If we continue in what we have been taught here at Mount Juliet, if we continue in what people ha- uh, wisdom that people have given us here at Mount Juliet, it's amazing to think of what can happen in these next few years and in people that are my age and in everyone here. All of us can continue in the faith, no matter what age we are. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Some of us have already registered for classes uh, for the fall semester at college. Uh, we asked what classes we were asked what classes we would like to take, and we sort of had two um, two choices. Choices. We had required classes and we had electives, elective classes. In our lives, there are many things that are required of us. We are all born. We are all living. We all must live upon this earth. We, have, we really don't have a choice about that. We all must die one day. Hebrews 9, 27 says, Just as it is appointed for a man to die once, and after that comes judgment. We cannot just skip out on dying because we don't want to. It doesn't work that way. Um, it's required. And we also see from Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, that we will all be judged one day after death. This is a mandatory meeting with the Lord. And he will bring up everything that we have done here on earth. It's awesome to think about all of us will be sitting before the Lord one day in judgment. There are also many electives in our lives that are sort of fit between living and dying. We have many choices in between. We can choose to be saved or lost. We can continue in the things that we have learned or we can just sort of quit. We can quit our faith. We can become apathetic, procrastinate, all those things. We can just sort of quit our Christianity. We can be faithful or choose to be unfaithful. And we can serve others, like it says in 2 Timothy, or we can become selfish and only serve ourselves. God also has requirements to be saved. You have to hear the word, believe it, repent, confess, and be baptized. And that is our response to his grace. That is our response to what he has given us. Yet it is our elective It's our choice whether we want to act on that gift or whether we just want to toss it aside and say, I might come back to it later or maybe never. Tonight, what good is all the Bible classes we have been in contact with since we were children, all the relationships that we have made, all the classes we have attended, what good is all those things, are all those things, if we don't continue in the faith? If we don't continue in what we have learned through all the phases in our life, what good is it? Um, what, what was it all for? It was for nothing. So tonight, maybe you found yourself, you've strayed from the faith. You haven't continued like you should through your life, and you feel like you might need to come forward and confess your sins from the church, and that would be great. And maybe you have found that you've never acted on what you have been taught. You've never become baptized. You've never... Uh, You never repented or confessed in front of the church. And tonight, that will be a wonderful time to do it. So if you have any needs, you can come now as we stand and as we sing.
It has been prepared for those who need it in room 208 as we sing number 176. Your own. Number 721. 721. And after this song, we'll be led in prayer by Drew Morrow. And after that, if you would um, please sit down for a minute, we'll have a, a Phil will be presenting the seniors with the Bibles. 721.
behalf of all the seniors tonight, before the closing prayer tonight, we would like to acknowledge and thank all the elders for allowing us to conduct a service tonight, as well as all of our past Bible teachers, as well of all as well as of our camp counselors, as Phil, our parents, and many others who have helped us to learn more about the Bible in our everyday lives and to apply it to our lives and teach others. There's so many words that we can but there are some words that we can't hardly even express to those that have taught us. As we go our separate directions, we will have to carry what we've learned and what y'all have taught us in our hearts. Let's go to God in prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this beautiful day you've given to us. We're thankful for the beautiful sunshine. We're thankful for the health that each of us have to be able to uh, get out and come to worship tonight to learn more about you. And Father, we're just, we have, you bless us with so many blessings each and every day. And sometimes we take for granted some of those and we ask you to forgive us of our many sins. And Father, as we have our seniors here tonight, as we are coming to a close of a chapter in our lives, we ask you to watch over us as we venture out more into this world. As we may encounter more temptations, we ask for you to help us through them all and keep you in our minds and in our hearts to know that you're always the way and we can always come to you at any time. And Father, tonight as we're all here together, we ask you just to keep us close as some of us may depart from each other, but together we hopefully all want to succeed and hopefully one day have a home in heaven with thee. Tonight we also ask to bless the food that was prepared, bless the hands that prepared it, and those that took the time. We ask you to bless it for the nourishment of our bodies and be with us throughout the rest of this week. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, if you could go ahead and remain seated. We're thankful everyone could be here tonight. Um, I know it makes every one of us proud to, uh, to see the, the fine young men up here uh, doing such a wonderful job in, in preaching and leading singing and, and uh, in every, every part of the worship. And uh, we're so proud of these guys. And uh, I'm, I'm very appreciative to Jeff Brown and, and David Shannon for all the work they've done with these guys uh, taking them to various congregations, and it's such a, uh, it's just such a source of pride for all of us here to see our, our men going different congregations and, and helping them and, and doing that. It's so, so good. Um, before we get to all the graduates tonight, I'd just like to introduce you to two people uh, that you need to get to know this summer. Uh, they will be very special people uh, here and definitely special to me, and that's our uh, summer interns. And they are with us tonight. They're going to be starting officially tomorrow. So I want to introduce them right now. First off, we've got Miss Betsy Frizzell. If you'd stand up. Yeah, yeah, stand up. All right, Betsy's right there. Um, you can sit down now. Um, Betsy, you may remember uh, her older brother, um, Andy, uh, was our intern in 2005. And uh, despite the job he did, we've hired Betsy to be here with us. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but... Um, 
but Betsy's going to be with us this summer, and uh, she is from Nashville, grew up at Creve Hall, um, Church of Christ, and uh, also we got um, Evan Burns, Evan, go ahead and stand up right there, Evan is uh, going to be living with me this summer, so he deserves congratulations for that, and uh, he is from Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, and I was actually his summer intern way back in the day, um, a long time ago, and uh, got to know him when he was a junior high, early high school, and uh, Evan's going to be here with, with us this summer. So uh, we're excited to have uh, both of them here with us. Uh, Betsy will be working specifically with the girls, and, uh, and Evan will be working with, with all these guys and, and everybody else. Um, but make sure you welcome them. They'll be here the rest of the summer. All right. Today is the Senior Recognition Day, and it's a special day. I think it's kind of bittersweet because um, we're, we're so proud and we're so um, happy for all these uh, young men and young women to see how they've grown up and how they've matured and, and where they are spiritually. Um, but it's also sad because we hate to see uh, any of our young people leave, and, uh, but, but part of life. And uh, we're so proud of, of all of them. Um, we'll try to recognize them tonight. First of all, let me ask the elders, if you would, to come on down. Um, we're going to present the, the high school graduates with Bibles and uh, the college graduates uh, with some, some books or a Bible study program on CD-ROM. And let me just say, we tried to do our best about finding out all the graduates. So if, if you were forgotten or a family member was, um, that's probably my fault. So um, just keep that in mind. If you want to take that up with me later, uh, I'll be in the parking lot. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. But we just want to say, if, if we don't recognize you officially... Congratulations, we're so proud of all our graduates, and, uh, and we'll try to recognize who we can. First off, um, I don't believe it's here, but uh, our high school graduates, Caleb Baker uh, is graduating from Friendship Christian and planning to go to Vol State. All right, and then we've got uh, Ben Burkhart, and uh, Ben, if you would, come on down. Ben Burkhart is graduating from Wilson Central, and he is planning to go to the Marines. Next, we've got... Uh, Brother Ben Coles, and Ben is graduating from Good Pasture, and he is planning to go to Tennessee Tech. Next, we've got Matt Collins. He is graduating from Mount Juliet and is going to Fried Hardeman. Next, we've got Michael Knatzer. Uh, he is also graduating from Mount Juliet and going to Fried Hardeman as well. Next, we've got Audrey Estes. Audrey's graduating from Wilson Central, and she's planning to go to Tennessee Tech. Next, we've got Drew Morrow. He's graduating from Wilson Central, and at press time, he was deciding between Cumberland and Tennessee Tech. Next, we've got Brandon Ogden. He's graduating from Mount Juliet, and he's planning to go to the Marines. Next, we've got Garrett Perry. He is graduating from Wilson Central. And Garrett's planning to go to Tennessee Tech. Next, we've got Jocelyn Pirtle. And Jocelyn is graduating from Mount Juliet, and she's planning to go to Vol State. Next up, we've got Brad Rose, and he's graduating from Good Pasture, and he's planning to go to Tennessee Tech.
Next we have Colton Shannon. Colton is graduating from Mount Juliet, and he's planning to go to Freed Hardman. Next, Timothy Thompson. He's graduating from Wilson Central, and he's planning to go to Freed Hardman. And then last but not least on the high school graduates, Jonathan Wooten is graduating from Mount Juliet, and he's planning to go to Mississippi State or MTSU. We're proud of all of our high school graduates. Um, I hope that, that you will uh, check out their tables and uh, see all the various awards and, and all the things they've been involved with. Uh, we'll leave those tables up for a week, and if you have any cards or gifts or anything you want to leave on that table, um, go ahead. I'm sure they would love that and use whatever it is. Uh, so check that out. Um, our college graduates, um, first we've got... Some of these cannot be here, but first we got uh, Derek McBroom, and he graduated from Tennessee State with a Bachelor of Business, Business Administration. Next, we got Catherine Phillips, and Catherine um, got her master's from Treveca, a master's in education with an emphasis in reading. Next, uh, she cannot be here tonight, but Yvonne Smith uh, graduated from Tennessee Tech in December, and she got an educational specialist degree in instructional leadership. If you want to hear that again, here it goes. Nick Nance graduates from Tennessee Tech in December with an educational specialist degree in instructional leadership. If you'd like to know more about that, talk to Nick or Yvonne. Next, we have Scott Burka. Scott is the man. He is graduating from the UT College of Pharmacy with a Doctor of Pharmacy degree. And next, she cannot be here tonight. Um, Lindsay Smith is graduating from Fried Hardeman with a BA in Art, an emphasis in Graphic Design, a minor in Communications. All right, that's, that's all the graduates um, that we're going to recognize. That's all that I knew about. But, um, but we just want to say congratulations to all of our high school, college graduates, uh, those who pursued graduate degrees, um, and just wanted to, to honor them and recognize them tonight. Um, make sure you say something to these folks. Also, just a reminder to the high school graduates and your families, there's a dinner over in the fellowship hall. Uh, wish we could have everybody stay, but we just don't have room or enough food. So... Uh, <laughs> Thank you for staying, and uh, have, a, have a good night.